Welcome to the Two Band Guys, Season 2, featuring Joel and Steven coming to you cross-country from Norman, Oklahoma and Elverson, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Band Guys, Christmas break edition, or holiday break, sorry, gotta be politically correct. And, um... Uh, we are real excited to be talk- coming to you today, and we have a special guest. But first off, we'll get to that in a second. Steven, how's up? What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Um, loving life now that we're on the break, and a, a, a good chance to kind of recuperate mentally, <laughs> physically, um, yeah, a little been, bit emotionally sometimes. I, I see you've, uh, you've been lifting weights, dude. You're looking good. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know me all too well yes all totally well. good um, stuff but yeah no it's been a um an enjoyable uh december i think concerts were great um end of the semester was great uh, i went to the midwest clinic which was great Lucky. in chicago um and we'll do a which, podcast on that later. yeah we can talk about that that was more. actually our first podcast Many moons was ago. Was it last year? Last year, our first one was about Midwest. Oh, that's exciting. Well, you talking about Midwest and me talking about not going to Midwest. <laughs> um, so that, and then uh, the Christmas holiday spending uh, with my in-laws in the Kansas City area. So that's where I'm coming to you from today. Um, and Joel, you stayed in Pennsylvania, right? Yep. For the break. Still here. Still here. Yeah, we went to D.C. yesterday, uh, which was cool just to see some friends. and. Uh, that's fun. Yeah. So, um, everybody, we uh, hope you guys have all had a great <coughs> holiday season as well. And uh, we have a special guest with us today, which is pretty cool. Our second ever, no, third ever. Yeah, our third ever special guest. Um, third time's a charm. And, um, and, and Stephen and I don't really know this guy, except uh, he's posted a couple times on, our, on some things that we've talked about. He's, list- he's probably one of our four listeners occasionally to our podcast. Yes. And... Um, uh, but he put a, a, a something on the Facebook group, the band director Facebook group, that really piqued my interest, and so I, I thought I'd give him an invite. So uh, let's welcome uh, Mr. Vince Caruso to the podcast. Hey, Vince. Hi, gentlemen. How's it going? Happy New Year and all that good stuff. Yes, right back at you. Yeah, we're doing well. Did you have a good, good Christmas and all that good stuff? We did. It was um, blissfully uneventful. Oh, but you got, I saw on Facebook, you've got a hoverboard, so... I did. I'm. Uh, I'm uh, managed to stay out of the ER so far. It's good. <laughs> a hoverboard. Goodness. Well, if you're, you get a hoverboard, hover around your band room. That's that's been the request. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> I'd, yeah. I'd like a video of that. <laughs> we'll maybe we'll make that happen. <laughs> um, so uh, Vince is in Seattle, and uh, so we are literally cross country right now. We've got the East Coast, the Central, uh, the middle of the country, and the West Coast, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so Vince, why don't you uh, give us a rundown of kind of, uh, your career in the band world and anything else you'd like to include and, uh, learn, a learn a little bit about you. Sure. Um, this is my 24th year teaching and, uh, all, all those years in, um, public school band settings. <clears throat> um, I grew up in Colorado and started my career there, taught for three years, um, in the Colorado Springs area and then moved to the Seattle area in the summer of 98, um, and I've been here ever since. And in that time, um, started teaching in the Bellevue School District, um, taught at uh, Chinook Middle School for three years and then Bellevue High School for nine years. Uh, and then <clears throat> left there and um, have been at Shorecrest High School uh, for the last, this is my ninth year at Shorecrest. Um, Shorecrest is about 1,400 students, nine through 12. 
Um, and there are about 165 kids in the band program. Um, little, probably about 110, 120 in the orchestra program and about a hundred kids in the choir program. So, um, cool. it's a great place to be. Sounds pretty comparable to, uh, Norman high. Yeah. That's been my impression from listening to you guys. Yeah. yeah about similar, similar. Size. Where good. is that in the Seattle area? So Shorecrest, um, the, sh- it's the shoreline school district, which <clears throat> we, um, we are the school district that's on the Northern border of the Seattle school district. Um, okay. so we are basically North Seattle. Cool. Cool. It's crazy. You it's kind of that, Bellevue it's kind of that weird. Okay. Yeah. It's the, it's the weird, sorry. Shoreline is kind of the weird area between the burbs and the, yeah. and the big Seattle school district. It's kind of a mix of the two. Gotcha. Well, that's neat. And I, I love Seattle. It's my favorite city in the world. And, uh, I can, I can, I can picture Bellevue high school. Um, there you go. So that's kind of cool. Um, well, very good. Uh, and as I'm assuming within your band program, marching band, jazz, I know jazz is big in that in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, um, the high school jazz scene out here is kind of, uh, on this side of the state anyway, in the Seattle metro area, the high school jazz thing is really competitively wise, kind of fills that competitive marching band void because there really is no competitive marching band on this side right. of the state. Yeah, I saw. Well, there's a couple groups in that area that have been uh, top ten in the essentially Ellington High School competition, and I just that's that's kind of how I know, you know, there's always there's always Seattle area schools there. Yes, interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, that. it's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. But yeah, you're right. It, it fills the void of uh, the competitive marching band scene because, well, it's you know there is high school football up there. You've got University of Washington and some schools up there in the Pac-12, but yep. the weather isn't totally conducive to, you know that activity day in and day out. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how it came to be that way. I mean, really if people want, I mean, there are a couple of schools on this side of the state that do it. Um, it's a lot more prevalent on the Eastern side of the state in the Spokane area and the tri cities area. There are some very good, um, very good marching programs over there and a couple over here too, but it's just not, it's not the big right. deal that it is a lot of other places. Cool. Well, you can come to Pennsylvania. Nothing's a big deal. Oops. Sorry. Um, anyways, um, sorry, Pennsylvania. I uh, love you. Um, I love your paycheck. Okay. Um, so, but the, the, the whole topic today and that reason we got together, especially with Vince, was uh, kind of what we saw on the Facebook um, band director group about him posting, uh, about you posting about seeing anxiety and a growing number of kids with anxiety or safety plans or all of the, you know, breakdowns and i mean i can't i have a dozen things that come to my mind when you when you posted that um so vince so we're going to be kind of talking today about what we see anxiety in our kids uh maybe growing anxiety and we've seen a growth in that in our careers now vince you've taught longer than uh us but you know i've i've seen that growth over the course of my 11 years as well um so uh vince why don't you kind of jump right off the bat and kind of talk to us while you put that on the on the the group and what you see and then Stephen, why don't you kind of give a response and kind of what you hear from that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so the, I mean, that post really was the outgrowth of um, my my nine years at this school. Um, it seems like every year I have at least one, if not two, students who um, who just don't make it through the school year. Um, at some point, they just stop showing up, and um, and they're and, and every single one of these kids is bright. Um, talented, smart. I mean, they're just, they're good kids. And for whatever reason, they're dealing with stuff that just prevents them from, from coming to school and contributing, contributing. And, um, 
and kind of being their best selves. Um, and this year is no different. I've already got a, a kid who's, who's probably not going to make it through the school year. Um, the, the least important factor of all that, uh, in the big picture, of course, is that these kids are all, have all been good musicians, have all been key contributors, um, in the band program. And, uh, and of course the most important thing is that they end up just, you know, disappearing from the school culture, disappearing from the, from the, from the building and, and finding other ways to graduate or not. Um, and it's just, it's just sad to see. Um, and it, it was, it's, it's been noticeably increasing in my time in this, at this school. Um, and so I was just wondering, I basically was at a, at a point, I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, this happens every year. And so I was basically just like, is everybody seeing this? Is this, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't just me or just our, our place, but no. sure enough, it's, it sounds <laughs> to be, uh, pretty, pretty widespread. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, that's something I've dealt with as well. This is only my fifth year teaching, but you know, but from, from my experience, it's always been kids who are not contributors in many ways. Mm. And, you know, for better or worse, that can sort of become an addition by subtraction type of thing. But, you know, for the, on the, it's not, it's probably not so great because the chances that that kid need to be in my program, whether they yeah. contribute musically or not, yeah. are, you know, the, the chances of that happening are pretty great. Yeah. That, that kid is losing the place where they belong. And, you know, I think it, it's, it's totally, it's different for every kid. Um, the, the situation is obviously different for every kid, but trying to, find, you know, having those conversations, individual conversations with kids about, you know, what, what, what are, what do we need to do to, to make things better for you? What can I do to make things better for you? And, you know, it seems like in some cases that can work. And in some cases, just a kid just has their mind made up that they don't, they don't need it anymore and they want to move on to something else or they just want to choose the lazier uh, option and move on to um, something else. My frustration and my concern um, really has come from those students who um, it's not about them not being just in my class, but like they just kind of disappear from disappear school. from the whole campus. Yeah. They're just, you know, they, they don't leave the house. You know, they, it's, parent, a, it's, mom a, and dad, it's a crippling yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's a it's a legit thing that uh, it's a you know it's diagnosed, and sometimes there's a safety plan involved because they might hurt themselves, and right. other times it's just like the attendance starts to get really bad. And then I don't know about you guys, but in our school district, once they hit nine absences, um, they're in danger of losing credit for the course for the semester, um, and we only see them three days a week on our schedule. So, okay. um, oh, wow. so. I mean, nine days is a lot, really, when you think about it that way. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, um, but yeah, so we, we see that. Well, and that's that whole, how do I, how do I say this? Um, it's the kids who, you know, regardless if they contribute in a, in, in, in a band program or not, um, boy, it's, it takes a toll on, I know it always took a toll on me as a teacher of what, can I do? What can I do differently? What can I do better? What can I change? Um, but often it wasn't. It's really, it's it's not, it was. It was beyond you, me. Not the band. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. My experience has been that I had I felt the exact same way that like, oh god, what have I done? 
it, it had nothing to do with me. Right. <laughs> that it, there's something else going on that's beyond my control, and I can just try to be empathetic. Um, right. And I, I, you know, hey, anytime you need me, I'm an email away. Let me know what you need. I'm happy to help. My wife also teaches in the same building. Okay. Um, and she connects with a lot of students. She she teaches in the social studies department. She sees them as freshmen and as seniors due to her courses that she teaches. Um, and it, there's no, we I've been unsuccessful in me turning the tide. This is a, this is a much larger issue. Right. So I guess in your school demographics, uh, up, you know, a lot of money, not a lot of money, kind of a mixed bag. Um, kind of pretty mixed. Um, the demographic, um, at, at one time, at one time was, um, very white. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's as we, as years go by, it's becoming more and more diverse, um, so we have uh, we're not nearly as diverse as a lot of other schools. I mean, in the Seattle public schools, there's a lot more right. uh, diversity in some of those high schools. Um, but it's it's definitely changed. I work with um, the guy who teaches at the middle school that feeds our school um, is a graduate of Shorecrest High School um, and is my age, and and so he's seen it you know firsthand that things you know time marches on and things change and mm-hmm. and so we're just looking for uh, ways to better serve. Um, those kids, whatever happens. Um, but he commented the other day, we were talking, he kind of, he said, he said, no, nah, this is a new thing. He said, this, this has not been happening in the past. So, hmm. yeah. And that's just, you know, you can, you can look at it in two different angles of, you know, if you're in a wealthier area, uh, kids succumb to the pressures put on by their family and the expect and the external expectations, I think. Um, but on the flip side and a lower, you know, a kid who comes from a lower socioeconomic home, um, it's because there's a complete lack of support. Um, I mean, I think both situations can, can be totally uh, crippling is the word that we've used before to kid. But, I mean, I I remember the first time I experienced like that, I just, I mean, the kid just sh- shut down completely. Mm-hmm. And um, I was completely taken aback of, you know, I've dealt with kids who are mad, I've dealt with kids who are angry and pissed off or sad or crying, but this just blank look of like the light is out um, yeah. and just the, the, the kid has no desire to do anything. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, Steven, any thoughts before you have to jump out of here? No, I, th- I'm completely agree with everything. And I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, all the similar situations that I've dealt with and the, um, you know, the, the situations at home, even with, even with kids from really well-off families that, you know, maybe they're in high school now and their parents are getting divorced and why, you know, why is Holst supposed to be important when you're worried about, you know, when your parents are going through custody battles of you, Mm -hmm. you know, and having those, I think having those conversations with kids about, you know, try, try to, trying to, not only help them in life in school, but just, you know, give, give them some, um, positive musical things that they can, that they can do. On- <laughs> Introduce music to them, um, is kind of something I've started doing with a couple of kids just because. Well, you have to, you have to figure with- out how to make it fit in their life where their life is now. Yeah. 
where yeah. does where does what is the role you know the, the you know, especially with high school kids who change so much in their four years if you get to see a kid yeah. for four years i mean the motivation for a kid why do that why are they in music as a ninth grader and why are they in music as a 12th grader um uh why right. why am i in band when my parents are together why am i in band when my parents are getting divorced why am i in band when my family has a lot of money and why am i in band when my dad lost his job and my family has no money um, I think we have to constantly kind of reframe that for certain kids and make sure that they understand that, you know, what we do in our programs can still be a benefit for them in their lives when things change. Absolutely. And yeah. getting kids just to understand that flexibility. I mean, that's, that's hard with high school kids as it is. Well, Stephen, uh, tell your mother-in-law happy birthday. Yeah, will do. I've only met her we'll once, but she was a delightful let's... lady. All right, so uh, back to anxiety. I was just doing a little research before we started here. So, for instance, you know, I think this is interesting. Um, in the last, like, 10 years, according to Psychology Today, 25% of teenagers suffer from, like, diagnosed anxiety. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I totally, I think I, I mean, that totally gels with what I've seen in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've only, you know, I've, I've really taught in those 10 years. You know, this is my 11th year, but, uh, you know... Certainly, I think obviously a, probably a big change in your twenty-four years. Yeah, uh, well, and and I've changed too. I mean, I, I I think if I had been a younger teacher at this point, I, a I would take it a lot more personally. Um, I think because I just that's what I did when I was a younger teacher. It was like, right. ah, absolutely, get it together, suck it up. What's wrong <laughs> with you? Um, and that's clearly not <laughs> what's working or or going to do anybody any good at this point. And so I. Um, so in some ways, I, I think it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's easier to deal with now because it's not, it's always right. hard to see. It's hard to see because you care about those kids and it's hard to see because they have an impact on all those other kids who are still mm-hmm. coming to class every day when the, you know, when the Barry Sachs player from the jazz band is just no longer there cool. or, yeah, the, that's... <laughs> or, or your, or your lead trumpet player is stopped coming to school and, Absolutely. um, or your drummer in the jazz band, who also is the drum major on the year you're supposed to go to Ireland, also drops out of school. So, oh gosh, um, man, yeah. So it, it, it's just yeah. It's so it just sounds been, it sounds like it's hit you in a couple of key spots recently, for sure, for sure. Um, and in the end, uh, those are those are all great kids. Like I said, super super bright students. Um, and it wasn't just the music that they bailed on; it was they right. bailed on school. Yeah. Well, then you get to the point. I mean, last year I had a kid. Um, he was a French horn player in the, in the wind ensemble and he was a senior and, uh, it was a little bit different. His, his girlfriend who played saxophone in the wind ensemble broke up with him. And, uh, now you, you, you dig deep and dad was not in the picture in this family at all. They were holding on by a shoestring. Um, and the girl breaking up with him was the final straw. Mm-hmm. He just stopped coming to school period. Um, and, I mean, I, it got to the point where I finally said something to a counselor um, because I really liked the kid. And, and I, his only, well, I didn't say his only, I think his only avenue to college would have been on French horn. Um, mm. You know, go to a smaller regional state college, um, which in the end you get a college degree. It doesn't freaking matter where you get that college degree. But That's I think the, the French horn was his, I mean, any small regional college is looking for has a music program is looking for a French horn player. I mean that's just that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, who can who can play? Um, but him the whole second semester he just stopped coming to school, and I all I saw was man you are throwing away a chance to get yourself to the next level in life. Right. 
Um, but, you know, in the kid's mind, his, I mean, he took it as my life is, why do I, what's the point? Yeah. Um, and and, and as, as an adult, so we're kind of like, well, there's bigger things. But kids have, you know, the kids these days, I think, especially <clears throat> now, because, you know, we can talk social media in a second, because I think that's a huge aspect into why we see some of this. But mm-hmm. tunnel, the, just the tunnel vision was just, man, you've got blinders on. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't. We couldn't crack the blinders, and I'm on a team with a counselor and a vice principal, and we have a student advocacy counselor whose only job is to be a student advocate, which is a really cool. They said it was the first kind in the country. Um, oh wow, that's cool. Um, on all of us, and it was just like man. And then it turned into, a, and then it obviously then it turned into a huge anxiety issue because he didn't want to see her. He felt like everyone was right. laughing at him, and then so then it spiraled down that anxiety path. Yeah. I think ultimately, I mean, I think you, I mean, talking with you, all we want is, I mean, screw music at that point. Right. I just want to see you graduate. Exactly. I mean, let's, let's figure out how can we get you back on a solid footing? Um, yeah. Cause I think we're all, you know, any good educators looking at the bigger picture. I think any good band director at that point is looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, from a parental perspective too, it's hard not to, uh, you know, envision your own kid, you know, having something like that happen to them. And, and you talk to the parents that are dealing with their student um, and they're, they're at a loss. Like they're, we're as frustrated as you are. We don't they're, understand it. You know, they're, yeah, they're just as clueless and not as in a negative yeah. way. Well, sometimes yeah. I've experienced it is, but by and large, they're throwing their hands up in the air too. Yeah. Yep. Um, so have you, I get me, so then I, my, my mind goes a thousand different places from here. Um, have you changed anything in your teaching the last couple years when, you know, the, the longer you've kind of experienced some of this? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. That I, I don't, that's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I, not specifically, you know, I, I haven't said, Oh, I've seen this. I'm going to change this. I think, um, I'm just, uh, I'm not, I'm not blindsided by it as much anymore. Not, su- not as surprised. You know? Yeah. I'm just, I'm not as surprised, which is, you know, call that experience or jaded or whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's, yeah. it just seems like, okay, who's it going to be this year? Um, and that's not a great place to be. Um, but, um, like I said earlier, I think having been around a little bit longer now, um, it's just like, well, in the short term, this is really terrible and we want to see that kid get help or do as well as they can mm-hmm. or rebound or, or whatever. But in the big picture, it's like, my focus is on the rest of these kids who are here in front of me right now. We need to deal with that and helping them get better. And, and, uh, isn't it so, so easy I, I to get sidetracked by one kid? Absolutely. I have found that to be so true the last couple of years of all my, like 90% of my mental energy in the class is going to that one kid who's struggling for, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, you can say the same thing for the kid who's, you know, the uh, disruption in class, but I don't, I don't think we see that much in, in band, especially by the time you get to high school. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like a black hole that I think I've found myself kind of going down. And like, oh wait, you know, in jazz band, I've got I've got eighteen other kids that need my attention. Yeah, um, and it's uh, you know not to dismiss the kid who's struggling, but yeah, I mean you, yeah, you know, you kind of have to compartmentalize that and and deal with that when you can deal with it that doesn't impact those other kids. I think yeah. it's hard when those when their peers start asking questions. You know, like uh-huh. where's so and so? What happened? They how come they're not here? They and you're just like you know. I'm really not at liberty to say. And in most cases, I don't know. Right. Um, 
but it's just like, you know, if you know them, if you're their friends send them positive vibes, reach out to them, but mm-hmm. they're not here. And I, I really don't know what's going to happen. We need to kind of, you know, we're going to readdress the trumpet section parts or we're going to do whatever we need to do, but we need to kind of keep doing our thing. And the best thing you can do is, is be a friend. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. And, and empower the kids to know kind of, cause I think they feel just as kind of awkward about it too. Oh, what do I say? I think, uh, what do I yeah, say? I what so. do I do? And yeah, yep. empowering the kids with different uh, strategies on how to just, you know, hey, all it takes is just a text message. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to move a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, just reach out and say, hi, how are you doing? They may not answer yeah. you, but all you can do is, and it's not to pat yourself on the back and say, oh, could I tried something. I t- text message, I'm out. But, you know, they, they'll respond to that. They'll remember that yeah. at some point. Absolutely. Um, yeah, my, I mean, my wife's a counselor, so I, 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 uh, I hear a bunch of different strategies all the time. Um, so, so here's something interesting to kind of, uh, to piggyback on this. So I somehow got signed up. I think when I moved, when I changed my NAFME membership to Pennsylvania, I got signed up for some sort of NAFME message board thing. So I get like three emails a day of updates to a message board. I got, I need to figure out how to, yeah, to disable that. But one of the things, there was a big discussion that caught my eye on this, a teacher posted that he was getting rid of all chair tests and essentially anything stress that induced stress in his band program. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was real. And that kind of caught my eye. Cause I think I would say that in this, this age of kids having more issues with anxiety, I've, I've had those kinds of thoughts about, you know, what's the role of, and you could call them, you know, you know, chair tests or playing tests or, or you could call them stress inducers, Mm-hmm. Um, in a music program, you know, are they necessary? Um, I thought, you know, my, my, my thought was that the guy who was saying he was getting rid of all of it, I think that's a little too far. I'm a believer in competition and guys, you're going to go to college and you're going to compete for everything past high school. So, you know, I, I, I totally subscribe to the ageism that, you know, high school, we need to do a damn good job of preparing you for the real world as best as we can. Yeah. Um, uh, have you any thoughts, uh, on um, that? Yeah, I don't, um, I used to do um, all the all the well, and technology has been a help too. Mm-hmm. But I, I used to do any playing test or chair test. We used to do that live in class. You know, turn on the metronome and down the line down or whatever. Yep. Um, uh, and and really, over the years, kids have become not all kids, but more and more kids have become really uptight about that. Um, like they don't want to play in front of their peers. They want to be embarrassed and. Um, and you can coach them that like, hey, preparation is the best confidence builder right. there is. Like, you know, and we'll, you know, I'm going to help prepare. We talk about practice strategies. We do things. But you know, there's always those kids that balk at that live thing. Um, and a year or two ago, we went to a new um, grading attendance platform thing called Canvas, which actually I think a lot of universities oh, yeah. use. Yeah, I had, I had that in college. Okay. And so now pretty much any playing assignments I do um, – they they video themselves either with a phone, or we have one to one iPads okay. at the school, um, and so they they record the assignment. There has to be a metronome playing, uh, and they upload the assignment to Canvas, and I just grade them uh, like that. Right. The downside is, of course, that I think they feel a little more comfortable that way. Um, the downside is that they don't get the immediate feedback. I type comments, right? Uh, but I'm not convinced they, that they actually them. read those <laughs> comments. Um, at, they just they look at the grade and they see the score, and if it's not the score they want, then maybe they'll go read those comments. But if it, well, as long if as you is, don't type them in a red font or a red you know color, <laughs> you're okay. Yeah, 
So anyway, I, I, so yeah, I, I mean, I always give the kids if they would rather play live, um, they're welcome to do that. Kind of the tuba players, the percussionists almost kind of have to do it live yeah. um, or they can, re- they can record at school right? Um, and submit it. Um, it's just, uh, it's a time saver too, but, right. but I, I, long story short, uh, I, I definitely see that kids are more reticent to, to do that, the live playing thing. And frankly, I, you know, that's a lot of class time to take up when you've, if you've got 60 kids in the room and you're going to hear every kid play, I mean, that's, that's a lot of time and we see them three oh, days a week. So yeah. For how it's long, almost, you, how long do you see the kids in, in those? Uh, times? So two days, two of the three days are hundred minutes. Okay. And then one day is 35. Okay. Yeah. Concert F run through the tune, pack up. Um, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to experience that in this next semester. I'll only see my kids for 42 minutes. Uh, in this whacked up schedule that I teach in, um, yeah, and I think that's that, that that's really I've 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 had those same thoughts. And last year, when my old district, where Stephen is now, moved to every kid got an iPad Air, I did every I did a lot of that stuff via Google Classroom. The same idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I still had kids do scale stuff live in front of the other kids because I, I I just didn't want to let go of, and I. There's no, I don't have any data or hard facts or anything that's, but, you know, I just didn't want to let go of putting kids in those slightly stressful situations. Right. Um, well, uh, and it's individual accountability. Yeah. You know, and I, I, and it's, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with accountability and it. And I just, I mean, yeah, I, it would be great to be able to give because that instant feedback is a lot more beneficial than yeah. typed comments, I think. But in the, in the, you know the Pandora's boxes should band just be fun, you know? Should we be inducing? <laughs> yeah. And that's I think that's where this guy on the NAFME message board was kind of coming from. Hey, they just need to all I, all I want them to do is to love music and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, I I, I there's I, I believe that it, kids also have fun when they perform really well, um, yeah. and when they're proud of the product that they're putting out there. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, the sports analogy is so prevalent in our field. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, well, compare it to this sport or that sport. And, you know, they're not, they're, there's some, there are a lot of similarities, uh, but there are a lot of differences too. And I, I don't think you would never show up for a high school athletic practice and say, we're just here to have fun, do whatever you want. Right. You know, there's not going to be any competition. I get, so I don't know how practical that is. Um, so I don't know, but I, yeah, but I, know, it, it, I hear where it's coming from. Oh, totally. And it's, you know, I, there was the, I, I, I listen to sports talk radio religiously. Um, yeah. and there was a guy in Oklahoma who always stuff like that would, he would just say it's the sissification of America. Mm. Um, and I think that is completely overblown. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, you know, but it's that kind of idea of, you know, we need to, kids need to be able to, to work through stressful situations in high school where it's safe. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing in high school is life-changing. Um, that's going to greatly, all, unless you don't graduate, I guess. Um, yeah. But, you know, and the kids who decided at the age of four that they're going to Harvard and, you know, whatever, and they don't get <laughs> right. there, that's quote-unquote yeah. life-changing. But, man, high school, and even in high school music, this is where kids need to fail. Yeah. And it's if the kids don't fail safely, you know, with some and being taught coping skills and failing and understand that failure leads to growth and blah, 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 all those things. Um, I think we're doing kids a disservice. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that, and that, that absolutely has a role in our band classrooms too. Yeah. Uh, 
Amen. Uh, and I, I just think my younger self was not good about it being okay for kids to not do well. Yeah. You know, like, why weren't you prepared? Well, you know, and instead of just being like, okay, room for growth, I'll help you with it, work on it. You know, the younger me would be like, well, that wasn't good. You know, next. And right. I mean, there was, it was just, you know, I, sometimes I would like to go back and slap my younger self. Um, but I've become better about that. But I think as teachers, we just need to make sure that if we're going to talk that talk, that it's okay to fail, mm-hmm. then we need to make sure that that's our practice as right. well. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just I mean, real easy to, yeah, oh, go ahead. That, that was our passion as high school kids. Like mm-hmm. we wanted to be the best and we practiced and we wanted to do that. And we have some kids like that, but I, you know, the, the majority of your generic band band program kid is like, I dig the social aspect of it. I like the trips. I like performing at concerts. I like being with my peers. Right. Um, you know, Mr. Deerdorf is a cool guy or Mr. Caruso is a cool guy. And, and some of those kids just sign up because it's Mr. Caruso. Yeah. Some of those kids just sign up because they really love the marching band trip in the spring. Yeah. Um, well, it's that, so it's, it's that kind of aid, that, that idea of, you know, there are kids in band who need band and there are kids in band who the band needs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, I mean, I, dude, I mean, you're preaching in the choir. I wouldn't know. I, <laughs> if I didn't have band in junior high, I'd be, dude, I couldn't tell you where I'd be right now. Um, <laughs> band kept me on the straight and narrow. Um, and I, that's why I believe in what we do. But, you know, it's just, uh, and it all goes down to, I think, I think it's, we're seeing a lot more kids have, with anxiety. And I think we can, in music, I think we have a special opportunity to reach those kids maybe so in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, I think it's hard to detect sometimes. Um, sometimes you can see that, you know, oh, attendance is declining, but you know, with our plates so full as they are, I mean, at least me, I'm not, I'm not really noticing if a kid's missing once a week for three straight weeks and then maybe two. And when they, if they start to miss three days a week, I probably will, my, my eyebrow, I, I probably dig into that. But until then, I'm not really digging into the attendance data like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, you know, when we see them three days a week. You know, if they've missed, uh, you know, if they missed two days in that week, mm-hmm. that's huge. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But, um, yeah, that's kind of been our bit. My biggest red flag is, is that attend is the attendance piece. Um, so, yeah, I, but it's, it's certainly a good talk. And then, you know, I don't, we don't need to dive into this now, but I think it's certainly, uh, the, you can you can unlock a bunch of different avenues from that of the the advent of cell phones and social media. Um, I mean, because you didn't grow up with any of that stuff. Um, nope. I actually I didn't either. I got my first cell phone that those those really cool Nokia's with the nubby antenna that had snake on them. I got one my <laughs> senior year. Um, yeah. So I mean, I really didn't grow up in that age either. Um, that that exploded when I was in college and then at yeah. the end of college. Uh, you know, and I think as as music teachers, I think we have to just be understanding that that's those are the kinds of kids we're getting. Yeah, you know, and we can't change that. Right. Um, and how do we? You know, I don't have all the answers right now, but how do we? How do we adjust our craft to make sure we're meeting the needs of the kids while still putting out a good product and having letting kids have a good experience? And uh, but I, you know, I think there's some, I think there's some things we need to kind of as a, as a as a 
band community, that's when we have to be uh, we have to be in the forefront of that. Yeah, because we we do reach kids differently than a lot of other teachers do. That's true. Um, you know, I posted the same question on our state Facebook page, state band director Facebook page. And, okay. Um, so, and and there are a number of people, colleagues um, who in my area who I'm familiar with, and then other people who around the state who I don't know all said, um, you know, they're seeing the same types of things um, in their schools. And one of the university guys chimed in and said. You know, read this book. It's all there, and the, the data on social media and its impact on kids, and screen time and social isolation because of the screen time thing. Right. I've not read the book. I'd like to check it out. But um, and he's got a um, he's got a teenage daughter. Um, in fact, there were two college guys that chimed in, both with teenage daughters, um, who their own kids are not dealing with that, but they see it and their peers and those kids mm-hmm. go to public high schools and, and they see it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a different, it's a different thing. And I, and even as an adult, I mean, I, I'm attached to my phone way too much. Oh yeah. Um, and I, sometimes I think when I'm having those, those moments of like, Oh my God, I've been doing this 24 years. I haven't, I haven't figured this out yet. I have those <laughs> moments of self doubt, those moments of self doubt. And uh-huh. a lot of those are att- attached to, uh, because you see the the videos of, you know, whatever middle school from Texas just tearing up the piece that you guys barely survived last year at festival, or the twelve year old uh, Japanese girl bands, yeah, Gosh, yeah, that just... memorize everything and, um, <laughs> yeah, no, the so com- yeah, that comparisons I, I think are killer. As adults, hopefully, we're better equipped to deal with that. But as a kid, I think it's really hard to constantly be immersed in that world. Yeah, well, you say that, and as you know, I do. I totally, totally get it. The comparison, I, I have to draw the line at times, because uh, I totally get sucked into, uh, man, I'm a crappy teacher. My kids don't play like that, um, yep. and it's just you know, comparison is a thievery of a thievery of joy, and all those things. <laughs> um, and I think, and I, I totally believe that. But it's in, but <laughs> we can theoretically deal with it better because we have more you know tools in our toolbox than kids do. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's, you know, I think that's sobering the fact that you, like you and I struggle with that at times. Um, and we have to, but we can generally pull ourselves out of it. Right. Okay. Yes. And we generally have the wherewithal, uh, to understand the situation that we've kind of fallen into and we can, we can pull ourselves out. Kids don't. Yeah. And we, that's and us true. and parents have to be the ones that pull the kids out. And that's where, golly, I mean, I still have not cracked the cell phone in class nugget yet <laughs> yeah and I know. and all i want is guys all i want you to do is think about music to the best of your ability uninterrupted for 50 minutes mm-hmm. okay and i yes i know i'm asking you to move a mountain but that's the goal of just and i think i've experienced it when you get the kids to do that a light bulb often goes off oh yeah i was way more attentive i paid way more attention oh i heard yeah. those things Ooh, I, I really enjoyed that passage. I've never really enjoyed that passage before because, uh, you know, my pocket's been vibrating. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and no, it's not a metronome, is it? No, it's not a metronome. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah but convincing kids moments, to try that sorry. is hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll even say, you know, in moments where there's downtime <clears throat> and the first, I mean, the, the default is take the phone out. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, there's 50 kids in the room. And there's little pockets of kids huddled around with their phones. And some kids are talking to each other. And my, my new go-to line is like, man, put your phone away and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. 
like have an actual conversation, like be on your phone later. Right. But like talk to the person next to you, like use words. And they just kind of laugh and roll their eyes and ha ha, <laughs> Mr. Crusoe, you're old. And, but, um, but it's, it, it's true. I mean, the, their default in many <laughs> cases, uh, is to interact digitally versus face to face. Yeah. Um, and I think that that totally transfers to music too, is an experiencing music. Oh, you know, well, I can just put Spotify on with my headphones and, and I can look at Facebook at the same time. Or, mm-hmm. and I can be on Twitter at the same time. You're yeah. not, but you're, again, it's te- the kids are just learning they can have divided attentions. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that all the time. I am, I am never still. I'm always trying. <laughs> so I, I, I suck at being still. Um, when we got married, my wife would sit around and watch TV, and I'm like, you're lazy. And then I realized, oh, wait, you know how to relax. I don't. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have that capability. Uh, but teaching kids just to be in the moment, man. You know, and especially in band of like being in the moment of making music. Yeah. Um, I tell the kids all the time and, oh, you know, five percent of my kids believe me. Of Guys, my most enjoyable moments of making music are like when I am in it. You know, when I'm playing yeah. that trumpet. Are you a trombone player? Uh, more or less these okay. days. Yeah, I hold one really well these days. Oh, good. Well, I'm a, yeah, but I'm a trombone player and I can tell you I can I can still memories in high school of like my favorite parts of the pieces I played. Yeah. Um, because man, I've, and I and I told my kids last week, guys, there are pieces of music that I've played that my parts suck, but I love the piece of music because I got to sit in and hear, man, and when those trumpets came in with the snare drum and whatever that, oh man, that was like, and I'm playing whole notes, but I didn't care because the music was just so cool. Kids just look at me like, huh? I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's, you know, I think, you know, I think you say it enough that some of them will get it. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, and I think all those things come together, you know, or, or, you know, help kids really understand the role technology can play in their lives. Um, and I, I, I believe that those things that you and I are talking about can, can help kids with, you know, work with anxiety. And now, some kids need to go see a psychiatrist and they need medications. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, but I try, I try to look at the holistic approach. I think of sometimes we can help ourselves. Sometimes we need other things to help us. Um, Absolutely. And I don't think we can discount that to kids. I mean, we can't just, you know, yeah, yeah, but we're not trained professionals in that regard. Yeah. Uh, anyways, any other thoughts kind of on this uh, on this topic that you want to that, that are on on your mind? Uh, no, I, I you know, I don't have I would boy, I wish I had the answer. I just <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, I think it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes because uh, I I'm kind of a glass half empty <laughs> sort of yeah. person by nature but I, I my guess is it will it will get worse before it gets better um i think so but um you know we'll see we just kind of keep plugging away and and try to make um, the experiences that we offer our students uh, as positive as they can be and just try to be as helpful as we can in the end um you know we only see them for 250 230 minutes a week yeah. They're, they're doing a whole lot of other stuff outside the classroom, and our influence is not felt. So we just kind of hope for the best. I think. Yeah, and I think it's just on a whole, as if we're you know aware of it. And I think, sorry, last thing is just you know, you have to have a like a, you have to have a soft heart sometimes. Oh yeah, um, and that's hard for me to do. Uh, you know, I'm I I tend to be very black and white. Of I don't. You know, man, I don't, I don't get what you're going through, but my heart mm-hmm. goes out to you. Yeah, um, I don't have any answers, 
Um, but it's real easy when you have a lot of kids in your program just to kind of go, ah. Anyways, I, and the one thing I have to work on really is softening my heart uh, at times to just be okay with the fact that I don't have the answer to help the kid. Uh, yeah. But just, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through this. You know, yeah. like you said earlier, if there's anything I can do to help, shoot me an email, come yeah. stop by the office. You know, if I can't help you, I, mean, I will do my best to hook you up with somebody that can help you. Exactly. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and then just being that person they feel comfortable talking to. Yeah. Um, with the door open and the blinds open and all the other things <laughs> to make sure that we keep ourselves safe. But yeah, it's a whole yep. different podcast. So cool. Well, Vince, thanks for coming on, dude. Um, Likewise. appreciate your, invitation. yeah. Thanks for your wisdom and your sharing of your thoughts and ideas. Cause it's a, it's an important one in schools these days. And, and, uh, even in the music classroom, we're not impervious to this. Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, it's, we, those kids are coming through our classrooms just as much as any other classroom. So, yep. all right, man, we'll take it easy. Have a good one. See you, Vince.